Hello, my name's Tony and welcome to episode one of Scottish Memories. Every week I'll be chatting to various Scottish personalities about growing up in Scotland, places they like to go and visit, places they recommend you go see, memories of growing up, the funny stories, all these sort of things, as well as listening to them on here from wherever you've managed to get your podcast from. You can head over to our YouTube channel, The Brinfords, where you can watch us recording them on there. Also, we've got loads of videos about visiting Edinburgh and Scotland and all that sort of thing and hints and tips and history stories and ghost stories and walking about the city. So please head over to the YouTube channel and check that out as well. But our first guest on Scottish Memories is Mr. Ross King. Now, Ross is an actor, singer and presenter. And Ross can usually be seen on TV interviewing all the big names at all of the big events. He's usually at the red carpet for the Oscars, the BAFTAs, the Golden Globes and any other award ceremony you could probably see. But instead of chatting to all the biggest names in show business, and trust me, I think he spoke to all of them, he's actually here being the first guest on this. Ross, hello, how are you? Thank you, Tony. I feel very... Very honoured to be guest number one. First I'm time I've been number one at anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. It really it means so much for you to come on and just share your memories and hints and tips about, you know, visiting Edinburgh and Scotland and everything like that. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Oh, it's lovely, especially to talk about Edinburgh, just one of my favourite places in the world, never mind in Scotland. So, You know, oh, for, a, yes. for a Glasgow-born lad, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> And you know, it, it's such a funny thing that moving to Los Angeles and Los Angeles and New York have a, a bit of a rivalry as well, which I always think yeah. is really strange because, you know, two brilliant places, both quite different. But it's funny that this rivalry exists and it is the same, you know, between Edinburgh and Glasgow. And it, what I think is even funnier, especially when you hear it in, in the States, when you're telling people about Edinburgh and Glasgow, and they, you know, you've, people are coming over for the first time and they're like, Ross, so, so do we get a plane from Glasgow to Edinburgh or, Edin or Edinburgh to Glasgow? And you go, no, it's like 40 minutes in the car or 35 yeah. minutes in the train. And they're like, so you're right beside each other? And it's so funny when you think about it, even as a kid, if I went to, to Edinburgh with mom and dad and my sister, it was, it was a day trip. You know, you'd yeah. leave early in the morning. <laughs> and, and I remember one time having a meeting in Edinburgh um, in the afternoon and people were like, so did you stay overnight? <laughs> I know I just got the train through at lunchtime and came back in the afternoon. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny, yeah. isn't it? All the time, all the time. I used to have to go through at Glasgow for various things. You know, just jump in the car, go through, do it and jump back. It only take me like two, three hours and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're obviously uh, Glasgow an origin so uh how was the move over LA what, what, what do you miss Edinburgh do you miss being over here do you get back a lot oh yeah I try and get back uh, as much as I can I try and get back four or five times obviously with everything that's going on in the world at the moment that's not possible uh but I would even come back I mean I was lucky enough years and years ago to do pantomime at the King's Theatre and then also lucky enough to do the musical summer holiday at the Playhouse so, I, you know, I've, I've performed in a couple of the theatres there. I go back and see my old mate, Alan Stewart, who still does the panto every year at the, at the King's Theatre. Panto legend at the Edinburgh King's Theatre. <laughs> so it, it's, it's great, you know, coming back. And then I try and make sure that I have a, a couple of days and I come back occasionally. You know, I, I do some gigs, uh, you know, so a couple of charity events I've, I've done in Edinburgh as well. So I, I love coming back and I really genuinely do love Edinburgh. And uh you know, I love, you know, fond memories of everything from 
uh, you know, the the Commonwealth Games swimming pool. That was a big, big thing for his, you know, his kids to travel through to go to that. To go to Edinburgh Zoo was a huge part as well. And that was even before the pandas. I mean, this is PP, pre-pandas. <laughs> pre-pandas, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I, I always... I always did want to come and see the pandas, but I was always so disappointed going to uh, any zoo and seeing giant pandas and discovering that giant pandas aren't really giant. No. They're still small. They're small, aren't they? It's like when you see them on a tin, it's like actual size. Yeah. <laughs> I say, it's like when I, I used to have my photograph in the theater programs, I used to get a little bit beside it saying actual size. <laughs> So you actually started to touch uh, to mention it just when we started chatting there, but you said, you know, you used to have day trips over to Edinburgh and I'm guessing the other parts of Scotland when you were a kid. So where sort of, what sort of places did you go? You, you mentioned Edinburgh Zoo, but... Yeah. Well, well also, as a, as a family, when we would go on holiday, I mean, I didn't get on a plane properly till I would be... Not a plane properly, just a plane, yeah. uh, till I was probably 16, 17. And, and started working at Radio Clyde in Glasgow. Uh, we didn't have any holidays abroad. All our holidays were either in Scotland, so it would be St. Andrews, yeah. uh, it would be Nairn, uh, which was another great place. Uh, we'd go up the islands, Ullapool, Sky. Uh, we did all that. Sana was another great place that I remember going to. Uh, and in fact, going to Nairn, the, the weirdest and most wonderful memory as a child going to Nairn, uh, we were told that Sir Charlie Chaplin used to go to Nairn because he loved golf and he still went there. This, I mean, I was about five, something like that. And um, we were in the town one day and this huge, big, black, like Rolls Royce, Daimler type limo went past and people went, oh, that's Charlie Chaplin. And I was like, wow. And, you know, so I felt very honored that I'd seen Charlie Chaplin's car go past with him in it. And then uh, about, I think it was a three or four days later, my mum, my dad, my Aunt Betty, uh, we were walking along the, the coast, just along by the beach. And it was that beautiful dusk, you know, like that wonderful dust that you get in Scotland that yeah. you don't seem to get anywhere else. And as we were walking along, my mum said, it's Charlie Chaplin. And I looked up. And I just remember thinking, well, where's the man with the bowler hat and the little yeah, moustache? Yeah. And I remember it was this, obviously, he was an old man by that time, wearing this big, heavy uh, coat and a hat, like a Homburg hat. And they took me up to him and said, hello, Mr. Chaplin, and this is my son. And I shook hands with Charlie Chaplin, um, which I still remember to this day. And then the weirdest thing was that I remember as I got older and started collecting memorabilia, I thought it would have been lovely to have had Charlie's autograph. And mum said, Aunt Betty's got it in the sideboard drawer <laughs> in wow. pencil when he'd appear. I think it was at the Empire, one of the theatres in Glasgow. And sure enough, Aunt Betty went to the sideboard drawer, you know, where everything was kept. And there it was. So I have it and I have it framed. And so it's an amazing memory. So whenever I look at that, I, I think of I think of Nair. That's incredible. That's yeah. absolutely incredible. It's funny, Scotland does have a lot of... Um, I tend to find that a lot, or, or, or well, hear about, I should say, that a lot of uh, celebrities tend to have a big love of Scotland and, and visiting and things. I remember hearing a story of um, Laurel and Hardy uh, went to the Old Empire, which is now the Festival Theatre, and they also went to the Edinburgh Playhouse. They had two visits. Yeah. And the Edinburgh Playhouse still has some incredible footage of when they were there and they're on the stage and things. But one of the stories that I heard was 
the, obviously the crowds were huge when they came. I mean, they were the biggest stars in the world. And um, obviously you'll know the top of Leith Walk and going along your mm-hmm. place and things. They, apparently the crowds were so big that they let them go onto the roof so that everyone could see them. <laughs> and to show that there was no health and safety, because afterwards they were going up to St Andrews to play golf. They let them hit golf balls off the roof <laughs> on the Walton Hill. <laughs> uh, this is going back like I don't know how many, like eighty odd years or so ago, but it just shows how times have changed there as well. <laughs> just a lot, just a lot. <laughs> I know. I would have thought hell the the Playhouse Theatre. As I said, I was lucky enough to play uh, with the musical Summer Holiday. I always think health and safety. Who would ever allow you that to get to the dressing rooms, you know, to go down that hill and then come up after a show after you've given it your all, trying to get to the top of that hill? <laughs> Thankfully, there's that little bar at the top, so that suddenly made it all worthwhile. It's a unique design, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the old saying of you're going somewhere in Edinburgh, you go uphill, you're going, so- you're going home again, you still go uphill. I don't know how, <laughs> how does that work, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I was going to mention, because you, you touched on it already, uh, how you played the Kings at Panto, uh, but yeah. you also did the 100-year anniversary of the Kings with Alan Stewart and Grant Stott and Andy Gray. Um, did that all come about because you you, you played the, the Kings, or did you particularly have a love of that theatre? Uh, well, well, my my involvement in that show was was just by by video, but yeah, it was great. It was great to be involved in it, and I'd also uh, performed. Alan had. Uh, the big, big variety show that he does every year. And I did one yeah, of the, yeah, the very first ones of those. Uh, and again, it's just, it's a love of, a love of theatre. And again, you know, a love of Edinburgh. And every time, you know, I would go to Edinburgh. The one thing that I would recommend to anyone, and I say this, no matter where you go in the world, and at first I used to kind of poo-poo the idea, especially in places that I'd lived, like London or Glasgow or Edinburgh, is to do the, the bus tour, to do the double-decker bus tour if it's there, because you see so much in such a short space of time. And I've, I've been lucky to have lived in great places, Stratford and Avon, obviously Glasgow. Uh, I always remember, get, and this is such typical Glasgow humor, I got on the, the bus, and it was, it was quite cold, it was in the winter, but I was determined that I was gonna do the bus tour and see bits that I maybe didn't know and hear stories that I didn't know. And, and in fact, I'll, I'll come back to one of the stories which I never had an idea of why it was called that. But I'll tell you very quickly now, the Gorbals, one of the most yeah. infamous places in, in Glasgow, and the reason that it's called, I don't know if you know, do you know why it's called Gorbals? No, actually, no, no, no. So, Back in the days during leprosy, that's where they put all the lepers out in that area. And so when they let people in the centre of Glasgow know that the, the lepers were allowed in once a week, they'd ring this bell, which then became known as the Gory Bell, to let people know they were coming in from that side. And the Gory Bell got shortened and became Gorbals. Anyway, um, so I got on this, <laughs> this bus tour with my, my sister, her husband, my niece and my nephew. And as we got on, the bus driver went, oh, Ross, the boss, how are you doing there? He says, uh, what are you doing this for? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's my hometown and there might be things that I don't know about. And he says, oh, he says, I, I think you'll love it. He says, we, we talk about Glasgow. We talk about all the different places. We show you places. We talk about loads of famous people. You're no one of them. LAUGHTER <laughs> You can sum up Glasgow humour any better than that, really. That was, that was it. Um, so, yeah, so doing the bus tour, and again, you know, doing the bus tour in, in Edinburgh um, was, was always just brilliant. And I think I've done it maybe 
certainly at least twice, possibly three times. And then, you know, you discover that square and then this is where uh, chloroform was used and it was chloroform at parties. I mean, I never quite understood that one that, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you know your history there so well, but there was this thing where it would like the gentlemen and the women, they'd have dinner, then the women would go to another room and the men would go to another room and, and, and take chloroform. Yeah. I'm not, so what, you just took it and then, out you went, and that and was it. Sat there and just in your own little zone for a little while. Yeah, it's, it's an odd thing to do, really, isn't it? So. Uh, and and again, th those things of of Edinburgh that I remember as a kid. You know, the the camera obscura was was a big thing. That was. I think the camera obscura is massively underrated. It's so much fun. It really oh, is. It really is. Loved it. Uh, uh, Walter Scott Monument. I've got my certificate for walking up that, so I remember that. And, and obviously, they don't give certificates anymore. You got a certificate for it. No, I've got a certificate. I did get a certificate, yeah. For all, I, with, you know, I can't remember. Actually, with all these, uh, these Zoom quizzes at the moment, that should be one of the questions, how many steps? Because I think in the Eiffel Tower, it's something like 1,720 steps. It's a question that keeps coming up. Yeah. So there should be one about uh, Walter Scott's monument. So uh, Obviously, you've been up the Scott's monument, you'll know, but it's funny, those steps, it's, it's one of those things, but it starts out and it's very comfortable. Yes. The higher you get up, <laughs> the, more, the more tight it is. Like, I remember the last time I did it, um, you're, you're kind of having to shout up to sort of see if someone's coming down. That's then, right, yeah. Then, <laughs> otherwise it gets very intimate as you're crossing people on the stairs <laughs> yeah exactly you have an affair even if yeah. you, you don't plan to or not um so you know th that that for me was just wonderful and then also i think it was the time i must i was obviously doing a show and then we did the, the ghost tour which was 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 great as well but then we did this thing and you you can correct me because this was i don't know maybe it is a tourist attraction now but I remember going to, I think it was the city chambers, and I felt very privileged. They, we went to this room, like this office, and they pulled a filing cabinet back and opened this door. And I went through the door, and it was like something out of Harry Potter. And when I take friends to Edinburgh, you completely see why J.K. Rowling was inspired by everything around there. But I went down these stairs, and I was down in an area which was like it was like where the and again correct me if I'm wrong it was when it was the old town and the new town and they basically just bricked part of it off so that anyone that had the plague couldn't come into the the other part and this was still some of the old like shop fronts and and house it seemed like houses I'm, my memory's a little vague on it but I just remember yeah. it being weird. it's still there it's Mary King's Close now and it's ah. Uh, you're right, City Chambers, and it's um, it's now an official tourist attraction. I think probably when you did it, and I did it something very similar before it became a tourist attraction. It was something you were lucky if you managed to book in advance because they didn't open it a lot. And when I did it, and I'm sure it was probably the same with you, it wasn't like a tour guide all dressed no. fancy. It was just a little old guy that took us yeah. down. There was torches and people saying, right, watch your step here. And now it's all right. up and it looks lovely. Wow! Yeah, it's uh, it's still there, and it's incredibly popular. It's it really is one of the best unique ways to see old Edinburgh. Yeah. So no, and and again, again, that's the thing with Edinburgh. There's so much to see. Whilst we're kind of on that, when when you've got friends coming over and visiting, or they, or you know people that's coming over, is that the kind of place you tell them to go? Or do you have any specific hints or tips for people when they come over? To... Um, no, I mean again, it's the the places that I that I know and the places that I love. Um, as a kid growing up in Glasgow, Charles Rennie Macintosh was 
my hero when it came to design. So, and whenever I would go back to Glasgow, I would always take time and go to, uh, you know, the Glasgow School of Art, which obviously sadly has been so ravaged by, by fire. Um, but that was always a stop for me, just even if it was just to walk by, because my dentist is in Glasgow still, despite all the years of living in LA. That's quite a, quite a way for a <laughs> <up>, really. <laughs> See, people go, really? To go and get your Wally seen to all the way back in Glasgow. But yes, um, so I go, and so uh, my dentist there, she's not too far from uh, the School of Art. So I would even just, you know, just take a little wander around. So, you know, and again, to it's that simple thing as well in towns and especially in Edinburgh. So, you know, you look up and you see the architecture. It's just, you know, you yeah, know phenomenal. I mean, we're, we are very lucky. I think the one thing that I tend to find when people are coming is um, obviously a lot of the people that visit and a lot of people that get in contact with the channel, they're either expats who have maybe left when they were young and have never been back or people with relatives who, you know, who emigrated and they've never been, but they know their ancestries from here and, um, or just people who are interested to come and visit, and they're always trying to get in touch. And I, I don't think they ever understand that when I'm explaining how big Edinburgh is compared mm. to any other city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, every, people that are always asking, you know, what, what sort of, how much time do I need? I'm saying, well, it's, you're fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> give, it, give it 10 minutes to get from there to there, then you're good, off you go. It really is so much history and so much to see in such a compact space, really. Here's one really silly thing, and it sounds ridiculous, you know, daft boy from Glasgow, from a council house, but my tailor is actually in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. uh, a guy called Andrew Brooks, who's just the most wonderful character on George Street. And so again, there's just something magical for me about George Street. Again, I, you know, when I used to go as a kid, when you used to be able to get a parking space. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're talking about pedestrianizing it all now, so. Well, see that now that, that I could understand that that would be actually yeah. I'm sure a lot of locals would hate it, but I would love it because it's such a beautiful street, and I just love that fact that you're coming up from you know Princess Street and walking up, and then you've got your lanes and all the rest of it and little alleys, yeah, and there's, then there's there's a lot of plans now to pedestrianise and bike lane a lot of areas now. That's yeah, really starting to head that way in the city. Yeah, no. So I, I again just so many happy memories of it and uh can't wait to get back <laughs> well next time you're here i'll take you out for a pint thank you <laughs> i'll take just, you up with that just before i let you go i've got four very quick um sure. uh, quick questions short bread or tablet Ooh. oh oh yeah <laughs> that's a that's a tough one it is isn't it? Uh, it is a, it's a great question though um if i'm having a cup of tea definitely <laughs> shortbread and also uh, because Walker's shortbread, as in Nicky Walker, uh, is 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 a, a, an old pal from from football days. People might not even know that Nicky Walker of the legendary Walkers uh, was goalkeeper at my old team, Partick Thistle. He was also goalkeeper at Rangers, um, and I took a penalty against him once. And he saved it. Uh, <laughs> um, so Nikki and his wife, Natalie, are, are a lovely couple. So I love my Walker's shortbread. I do love tablet. I love homemade tablet. And I like it a little milky, the, the milkier one rather than the dark one. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really lucky out here in LA, we have a, a no, we don't call it a Burns Supper. We call it a Burns Bash because it's a kind of truncated version. The, I've always said it's the one that Rabbi himself would have loved to have been at. It's a bit more of a roast. Yeah. Um, we still do, you know, 
you know, the poems and the songs. And last year we had Lulu singing, but it was funny with Lulu just trying to explain to people because we put tablet uh, on the, the tables and you can imagine the Americans just having that. It's, it's trying to explain that it's like legal crack. <laughs> I used to host a, a Scottish show for uh, Edinburgh vis uh, visitors to Edinburgh from America. There's a lot of Americans, Canadians and, and Chinese that used to come. And we used to give them just a starter of haggis, neeps and tatties. Uh -huh. And then they could get their own dinner because a lot of them were scared to try it. Yeah. And they used to ask what was in haggis. <laughs> always, I'd always try to water it down a little bit to get them to try it. So I'm sure it was the same trying to describe tablet to them as well. Absolutely. <laughs> and it, actually, when we're on the subject of tablet, it is funny trying to decide because my uh, wife is pregnant right now. She's five oh, months pregnant. Thank you. Um, and we were having this conversation today, actually. Both my gran and her gran used to make homemade shortbread, homemade yeah. tablet. It was, that seems very traditional, but neither of our mums make shortbread or tablet. So we've sent them both a message today saying, you've got four months, learn. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's a big memory for me, you know, going around to my grands oh. and getting shortbread and tablet. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Second question, iron brew or whiskey? Oh, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I do like iron brew, uh, but no, whiskey. And it's funny that being a Scotsman and people here think, oh, you've been into whiskey your whole life. And it's only, I would say, in the past 10 years that I actually have liked whiskey. And I think it's because, you know, it was, you know, as a kid growing up in Glasgow, whiskey was like a, it was like a hard drink, you know, and it had those connotations and yeah. the smell of whiskey, it, I, I didn't like. And the weirdest thing was that, the the reason that I actually had my first whiskey was the the smell of it. And that's the weirdest thing that I was hosting an event in New York, uh, a Scottish event, and it thankfully had gone well. And uh, a couple of the guys that were there from McAllen, and they said, hey, Russ, you know, we're, we're going to get you a 25-year-old. And I was like, whoa, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and um, next minute he handed me this glass. And I was thinking, but I don't drink whiskey. And I was feeling really bad. And I thought, who could I? And I was trying to find people and people know we don't drink whiskey and all the rest of it. And then I took a smell of it and I thought, this doesn't smell like, I mean, I know I was brought in a very high level whiskey wise. People are going, what? Um, and I thought, this doesn't smell like the whiskeys that I grew up in Glasgow around. Yeah. And I was like, wow, and it this and it that. And then eventually I just started taking a little sip. And then I was like, so I, I, I love my, my single malt, so. Here's something that you might find interesting then. For mm -hmm. Just recently, the first whiskey distillery is now opened up in Edinburgh for almost 100 years. Holyrood wow. Distillery is a new uh, gin and whiskey distillery that just opened up last year. So um, they obviously it takes three years for a whiskey to mature. So they're making gin now, and in about two years, hopefully they'll have their, the first whiskey made in Edinburgh for over 100 years. So that's quite exciting. That is brilliant. It's funny because you were saying Holyrood, I was lucky to go there two years ago to get an MBE from the Queen. And I couldn't believe just the, the gin at the time. It was everywhere. And every, every place I went to, everyone said, oh, have some gin. And again, not really particularly my drink of choice, but gin and tonic is very nice. But it was so funny that at that time, and obviously Edinburgh gin, it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, really. And it's funny, you know, whiskey, national uh, drink of Scotland, gin, national drink of England. So it's a nice sort of blending, really, there. <laughs>
Um, uh, this is more of a difficult one. Tonics yeah. tea cake or tonics caramel wafers? Tonics caramel wafers. Nah, easy. Really? Yeah. I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be more difficult there. Nope. No. Nope. Easy. Easy. Tonics caramel wafers like that. Yeah. Last question: Haggis yeah. for tatties or mints and tatties? Oh, you know that that that's a, a tricky one. Yeah. Um, except I love mints and tatties, but no, haggis, neeps and tatties. Um, I, I absolutely love haggis. I really, really well. love it. I really love um, it. And again, again, you don't ever want to explain to anyone, you know, it's, it's I, out here, I just always say to them, just take the wool off. That's it. And then I, that. I usually describe it as slightly spicy mints. To sort of say that's a very good way. That's probably a little more savoury than me saying just take the wool off. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> put a lighter under it for a couple of minutes and then put it on the plate and then you're good to go. That's it. And I and I do and I, I and again I love it. You know, coming to to Edinburgh and having it at breakfast. That's another yeah. thing people go. You what? And I go, yeah. It's like for me that's part of the you know full Scottish breakfast. Yeah, that and black pudding. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> no, I, I love haggis. And then also with a wee, a wee kind of dram sprinkled over it as well. So oh, I like a nice whiskey sauce on it as well. Yeah, perfect. Oh, oh. There we are. So I'm forget the pint now. You're getting me the whiskey and you're getting me the haggis. I will happily buy you a whiskey and haggis dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roth, thank you so much. This has been absolutely incredible for joining us and, and being the first guest. Thank you. It's, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you so much. Not at all, Tony. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me as the first guest. And, uh, you know, if people are watching this for the first time, get on there. The Brunfords, it's great. I love it. I'm watching all your stuff on YouTube. So congratulations to you guys. So once again, Ross, thank you so much. Keep yourself safe over there. I hope everyone is safe and healthy. And thank you so much for joining us. Cheers, Tony. So there you have it, guys. Ross King joining us to give us his Scottish memories and hints and tips for if you are ever thinking about coming over to Scotland and Edinburgh. I hope you're all safe out there, wherever you are. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment and subscribe. Until next time, bye humans.